0: Welcome to the Fearless Presentations podcast. I'm Doug Stannert, CEO of the Leaders Institute and Fearless Presentations. And this is the podcast that helps people just like you become confident and poised presenters and tap into more of your leadership potential. This is podcast number sixty-eight, and we're gonna we're continuing our series of how to start a public speaking career. So if you recall last week we talked about ways to become a professional speaker within your current industry, which is, by the way, that's still the easiest way to to get started as a, in a public speaking career, and it's also one of my favorites. So if you hadn't had a chance to listen to that one, make sure and, and go back because it is a, a fantastic way to learn how to get into the speaking industry without having to make a whole lot of additional changes within your career. Um, we're going to continue on that topic this week as well. We're we're going to talk about how to to stay within your current career, but focus. We're going to focus more on this podcast on. How to use your presentations to really market yourself, market your, your company, your organization, the products or services that 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 you're um, that you're selling to the public. So if you are in any way a marketing person or even if you don't think you're that good of a marketing person, you can actually use public speaking as a as a way to do to uh, to build your career, to build your expertise and also to to market your, yourself or market your your products and services. And the podcast is brought to you by Fearless Presentations. Now, I know that a lot of you out there are subscribers who, you know, they you like the content of the of the podcast, but you're kind of like me when I first started learning about public speaking. You're like, hey, I really want to kind of do this myself. I want to learn at my own pace. I want to I want to experiment on my own. So some of these things that Doug's talking about, I'll go out and and try them. And, and by the way, you may be right a lot of people can learn that way and and that's kind of the way that I like to learn as well. however, what I found is that you know when you're nervous about something and we try a bunch of new tips, it's difficult really to perfect these new tips when especially when you're under pressure. So think about when you were learning learning to drive a car when you were a teenager what would have what I mean think about what would have happened if when you were 15 16 years old, you you basically spent 20 hours learning about how to drive a car through YouTube or something like that, and, and, and that's the only training that you'd ever done, right? And then the very first time that you actually got into a car, it was the time that you were taking your driver's test with the state trooper in the car. There's a good chance you're going to be really, really nervous in that situation. You'd be nervous anyway because the state trooper's in the car, but think about how much more nervous you would be if... That's the first time you've ever, ever actually done this, and and that's what I find happens to a lot of people in public speaking. A lot of times, what we're doing is we're we're practicing new skills in front of high-powered audiences, and if they don't work out exactly the way that we think they're going to, it just it, sometimes it it makes us even more nervous, and that's one of the reasons why a class like Fearless Presentations can be really helpful. So if you if you really want a way to experiment, if you really want to to grow as a public speaker. Come to one of our two-day public speaking classes. And we have classes coming up in Boston, Columbus, Houston, Minneapolis, and Baltimore. All those are coming up in the next, I think, three or four weeks. And and if I didn't call your city, just go to fearlesspresentations.com and access the full schedule. Um, and, And also keep in mind, don't forget that we actually conduct more private classes for small groups. Then we do public classes for, for the general public. So if you have a group of as few as five people, typically about five to 12 people is, is, um, is a good size for a, a private public speaking class. So if you have a group that falls within that, that type of, of size anyway, then make sure and contact us. Uh, go to fearlesspresentations.com and request some information or call us on our 800 number and we'll be happy to give you some details about that as well. All right, so let's get on with today's podcast. So on today's episode, we're, we're going to show you how you can use a speech or a a presentation as a way to really promote a product or a service that you're offering. So basically, how to use public speaking as marketing. Now, this is a continuation of the last couple of episodes that we've done. The first one was about how to break into a speaking career. And then last week, we talked about how to speak within your industry. This time, we're going to, to continue on that that type of genre anyway, speaking within the same industry. But we're going to show you how you can take a little different tack than what we focused on last week. Instead of doing training or teaching people about your expertise, on on this episode we're going to show you how you can use public speaking as a way to really build your credibility as well as promote yourself or promote your product or service to the the public. Um, So what I've done is I've, I've kind of identified really i i would say 4 5 6 of the the really most popular ways or the easiest ways to use public speaking as a way to promote yourself and what was funny is as i was kind of developing the the content here i was just going by my experience. I do. I wasn't really doing a whole lot of research in the beginning, and uh, and then once I I kind of delved into it a little bit more and started doing more and more research on what other people are doing, people other than me in in today's world. I I kind of changed my tact about halfway through the the writing of this of this content, and the reason why I changed it was because I, I, in the in the early stages when I started writing the the podcast, I I was using myself as a as an example, saying, "Hey, this is what I did when I started out." Now, obviously, you probably wouldn't want to do that today. And the more research that I started doing, it, the more I started realizing that, heck, the stuff that I thought was outdated has actually come back. It's it's one of those things that a lot of young people are using now to to break into the industry. So I'll kind of tell you what I what I've found out along the way as far as research and and what people are doing today as we go as well. So. Let's kind of start off start out with really one of the most common ways and the and I don't want to say the easiest because it, it really is a skill, but it's it's one of those ways that you can use public speaking as a marketing technique that um, most people don't really think about as being public speaking. And it's a it's a one-on-one sales call. So so when somebody is requesting information about your product or service and we either pick up the phone and call them or we go to their office and we do a presentation. A lot of times we don't think of that as being public speaking but in reality that's exactly what it is. It's it's public speaking. So so basically the the this is the absolute most common type of speech to market a product or service and although this one has been around really since commerce began i mean so i know that whatever commerce was going on and you know three You know what? Five thousand years ago, three thousand BC, or whatever, commerce first started. There's somebody had to sell something. In fact, that was one of the things that we used to kind of teach. And when I was doing a lot of sales training really early on in my career, I I used to tell people that you know nothing ever happens in the business world until somebody sells something. So it's it's a vital, important part of the the business process. But it's really quickly becoming a lost art. And as a result, those who can really do this well are now highly sought after in the business world. So salespeople get a really bad rap, you know, for instance, in I think it was it was 1982, 1992. I, I can't remember now, but there was a movie called Glen Gary, Glen Ross, which was about real estate salespeople. And it was an awful movie, by the way. I don't, it, it's one of those things as, as a sales guy. I'm going, holy cow, you know, and it's like this is what what. Hollywood thinks salespeople do, and and it's about you know you got to always be closing and and um, and yeah these leads are crap leads and you know the company is providing me with crap leads and that, that you know you do hear stuff like that in, in from salespeople even today but from in the in the movie the people who are the salespeople were some of the most unethical and and just. Most grotesque personalities that I think of, I've seen in in movies, and and I think it really gives a bad rap on the um on the the sales process because prior to you know really if you think about prior to the eighties I guess I'm in the the fifties and sixties I was well well before my time anyway but in the nineteen sixties if you needed a new suit. You went down to the local department store, and then there was a salesperson in the suit department in the department store that was a professional. This person was an expert on suits. You know, so that, that salesperson would know how to educate the prospective buyer on on the quality of the of the fabric and and on each style of suit and you know, and and what was currently in fashion and and what accessories that you needed. You know, if I needed a suit, what other things do I need to go with the suit? You know, what shoes do I need to buy and stuff like that? So they were experts at that type of, of thing. And so somebody who who only buys a suit once in a lifetime or once every 10 years or whatever – could go and talk to that sales professional and that sales professional can point that person in the right direction, show them some options and get something within his or her budget so that would that would really fit. Um, so, I mean, that's the way that sales were. Was. That's the way that sales occurred. And in, in, especially in the 50s and 60s and maybe even into the 70s as well. But but and and if you think about it, any type of big ticket sale was was kind of done that way. Um, so it, electronics, cars, houses, um, those those are all thing that things that a highly educated salesperson would um, would would educate the per- prospective customer about what was out, what was on the market, what was a good fit for the for the wants and needs of the person who was who was making the buying decision. Um the the bad part about that is that in today's world the that salesperson is pretty much gone doesn't even exist in in a lot of the industries today we rely more on google and social media and youtube as a way to to really educate us on what's new and trendy out in in the business, out in the world out in the the uh, the market um and by the way just so you know that leaves a tremendous opportunity for people and companies who understand the need that's out there, that educational need that's out there in the world. For instance, although the Leaders Institute, my company, although we have a a popular podcast, the Fearless Presentations podcast, which is what you guys are are listening to right now, we also have a YouTube channel that has a lot of great tips and everything. We also have a ton of different social media. We're on every type of social media out there. Um, Although we have all that stuff, We still get most of our business from people who have a question and who can't get that question answered anywhere else. So if you have a question about public speaking, for instance... somebody may have listened to our podcast, but they have a specific question. They have a specific problem and they're looking for a way to solve that problem. A lot of times what they'll do is they'll call our 800 number. And when they call our 800 number, they're not talking to a telemarketer. right? When they call our 800 number, they're talking to a real life instructor. The people that answer our phones, the folks that, that um, answer questions for for our clients are people who do this for a living. We teach classes. We're all professional public speakers. And as a result, we're, filling a need in the industry because most of our competitors don't do that. Most of our competitors, if you, if they're trying, they, they, they want people to come to the, the classes that they offer, but they don't want to, you know, have a full time instructor sitting around waiting for for a, a phone to, to ring or something like that because they see that as being inefficient. Well, we see that as a great opportunity. And a lot of companies are, are, are cluing in on this now. And so there are a lot of companies out there like mine that 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 see that as a as a fantastic opportunity to not only educate the 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 customer but also be able to to promote um at the same time so sales presentations by the way whether they're 1 on 1 or to a group they're they're really becoming a lost art so if you get really good at doing them you can you can help customers make better decisions and really increase your income as well you know so it's it's a really good Good, uh, good skill to to not only be able to master, but to offer to your customers. Now, um, th- one of the things that a lot of folks do is the the second way that you can kind of promote yourself or promote your product or service using public speaking. It's in person seminars and conferences. And this was one of the. And by the way, the, the, these first two, the the person to person sales and the and the. Um, the the seminars those are things that that although we still continue to do it we still have we still make a tremendous tremendous amount of income from those two things these things are are kind of becoming a lost art but now it's being revitalized so this was one of the the fantastic things that I I kind of realized that as as I was kind of doing some research on this so prior to video streaming um you know with, prior to like the YouTubes and stuff like that in-person seminars were by far one of the easiest ways to maximize your your promotional time so instead of setting up a series of individual one-on-one sales meetings you could you could um, you could either offer a free or or a, a free seminar or a seminar for a nominal fee to groups of people and and do a seminar for a, a you know for 10 15 20 100 200 1000 people in the same time that would have taken you to talk to just one person using a sales call. So back when I first started teaching, especially when I was doing leadership training, We promoted I I used to promote a uh, it was a 12 week leadership program, which, by the way, was a fantastic class. We still offer this, by the way. It's just we don't do it as much on a on a uh, public basis as what we used to, just because the the industry has kind of changed so much over the years. But that was how I got started. I started out doing a three month leadership training program. Well, it's a a 12, 12 week (laughs) training program is something that takes a significant amount of time For somebody to commit, they have to make a time commitment because they're going to commit 12 weeks of their lives to the the training seminar. And it also was a significant amount of money. Right. So so basically one of the things that when I when I started doing this, what we used to do is uh, offer an introductory session. And we typically do this like the week before the 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 first session would start. And we use it as kind of a preview of what the, the class was going to be like. So we'd allow people who were interested in the class, but who hadn't yet registered to come and preview the course. And it worked really, really well. The, the preview session, it reduced the risk of making a, a bad buying decision for these folks because the prospective customer could actually see and experience part of the class in advance. They could see what we were going to do. And so it reduced the risk for them pretty dramatically. Now, by the way, and and that was kind of what we did and it worked really well, really well. Um, It's what's funny was that I stopped doing that. My guess would be eh, I would say in the early 2000s or so was when we kind of stopped doing it. It just didn't work nearly as well as what as what um, YouTube and videos and stuff like that um, or um, they became more effective anyway. So the, the market kind of changed a little bit. What's interesting, though, was that um, if, you, if you're over the age of, of 30, you probably remember the financial planning people <laughs> that would offer the how to how free, how to retire seminar at the local Holiday Inn, one day only, you know, that kind of thing. And th- th- this was a way for the financial planner to show a, a group of people how skilled he or she was at helping couples plan for their retirement, and what they would do is they would offer part of their expertise for free to the public. And so that and and as a result, when when the folks were in the audience could see their expertise, they would, they would the trust level would grow and they say, "Hey, if I'm going to invest my money, invest my money with somebody, I want to probably invest with somebody I know and I trust. And so it was a good way to kind of let a, a, a larger group of people kind of know what their expertise really was and, and lower the risk for them. That's kind of like what we were doing in our in our seminars as well. And the um, and, and it's funny because I haven't seen those in a while. And, and I think it's just because I, I'm i not really networking with in, in a lot of areas like that, because that was one of the things I was kind of using as, you know, that's kind of passe. You know, nobody really does that anymore. And then I went to just just for fun. I just went to a Meetup and Eventbrite. Those are two. Because I was because if you did want to get back and if you did want to use live seminars as a way to promote your product service your your yourself, then those two organizations, those two websites are a great way to do it. So Meetup is kind of the older one. the newer one is I say newer. It's been around for a while. It's called Eventbrite where you can publish in live seminars that people can attend. And a lot of times I see that these these services are either free or or for a small fee to to um to help you promote these these seminars that you're doing. And I started looking through Eventprite and there's a ton of financial planners that are still doing this. And so it must work. I mean, they're they're obviously using it to as a way to to um to to get new prospective clients. So if you were going to use this today. It's kind of come back in style. So when I started doing some research, I started to to kind of find out that a lot of big companies have – and i think it probably started my guess would be it started with apple you know with steve jobs going out and promoting the iphone at these big conferences and and you know the the new trendy things that were happening in apple he would he would have these these speeches that would that would be promotional and marketing and and i think a lot of other big companies started to to see that but even small businesses can can do something on a on a smaller basis and get some great results so like for instance the the idea that i came up with and you can take this if you happen to be a dentist you can take this and, and run with it but let's just say that I'm a, I'm a local dentist in that Fort Worth Texas you know somewhere close to where where I am at so if I'm a local dentist in Fort Worth And I want and I create a seminar called how to whiten your teeth, three shades in less than six weeks. Now I just made that up. I mean, I don't even know if that's even possible because I'm not a dentist. But let's just say that was the 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 seminar that I was going to be doing There's a couple of ways that you could promote that. You could put it on Meetup and Eventbrite and and post it on social media. And you'll probably get a few people to register that way. But a better way to to promote it would be to promote it for like four or five weeks to every single patient that comes into your dental clinic, <laughs> to every single one that comes in. And basically just say, hey, if, if you really want to learn how to how to whiten your teeth, well, well I'm going to show you some of the things that I found as a dentist that can help you do that and save you some time and save you some money. Um, It's a it's a fairly inexpensive seminar. We only charge, I say, twenty nine bucks or thirty nine bucks or something per person. And and you offer it to each person that way, so they see the value in it. They see that hey, if I come and pay this fee, that it, obviously it's going to be valuable. It's not just him trying to sell me something because otherwise he'd be doing it for free. So there is some some value there, but we give them the option to to get their ticket to that thing for free by just saying hey, by the way, this is going to be very valuable. It's going to be some of the stuff that that took me years to to figure out. But um, since you're, uh, since you're already um, one of my my patients, if you bring a friend with you, somebody who's not already a patient, I'll let both of you come to that seminar for free. You know something like that It doesn't have to be something huge, but you basically give a, a way to help help them help you promote this so that you get more people to attend so I mean that's just an idea, but it's one of those things that you can use um, you can use as a, a seminar to help you promote your organization or to promote what you what you do uh, by the way just some statistical things that i kind of found out as i was doing the research here according to it's a it's an organization called Bizbo. that's that's a company who specializes in event marketing in-person seminars and conferences are one of the big trends in recent years so that's, that's one of the things that that big companies are now starting to do and the reason why is because uh, people are kind of craving that personal contact. You know, we, there's only so much that we can do off of a podcast or a video or something like that. It's the personal contact. It's that networking. Um, one of the, one of the uh, guys that I listen to, I, I think I've talked about him before on, on this podcast, but there's a, a podcast. Uh, it's the um, uh, Social Media Marketing, uh, Michael Stelzner. And one of the things that he does is once a year he does this big, huge social media conference and he promotes it for pretty much a year. I think the one that he's doing in 2019 is probably going on right now or sometime in the, in the very near future. And so probably in the couple of weeks, you'll start hearing about the 2020, you know, social media marketing world. So those are, it's, it, he gets thousands and thousands of people to come to that seminar because it's a way for them to kind of network with, with each other and and help him. He helps he helps them help each other solve problems by by doing these these events. Um, just a, a few months ago, I was invited to speak at Transitions Academy, which is the transition lenses the the folks who make the the lenses that change to sunglasses when you go outside. Well, they, they don't do that. They'll, they'll they they change it so you don't have to buy sunglasses and eyeglasses. So anyway, but the the thing is, is that the transition lens company or organization were the ones that that created this, this conference and they had thousands of people come pay, pay a fee to, to go to this conference and learn more about the industry. And so those, those conferences and things like that can be very valuable and, and, and highly sought after. So it's one of those things that you can get some great value out of. If you, if you're not conducting one of those yourself and you want to be a, um, you want to, to speak at one of those, look up one, look up, conference in your industry on Google and there's a good chance you'll find a conference that that might be looking for a speaker so that might be a good way to, for you to break in as well. All right, so the next area that we're going to focus on is webinars. Now, I could spend a tremendous amount of time on webinars. I'm not going to. I'm just going to give you a quick little overview here, but um, and it's probably one of those things that we're going to spend quite a few episodes on in in the near future because it, we I get so many requests for this. I mean, this is one of the things that when people come to the Fearless Presentations classes, is one of the things that he, they ask us about quite often is, you know, how do you do a webinar? And just as a as a as a warning to you, l- leading a webinar and leading an in-person speech, those things are totally different. They're totally different skills. And just because you're good at one doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be good at 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 the other. So, for instance, when when I lead an in-person meeting, I typically use just a few simple visual aids. I don't, I don't use a ton of visual aids. The reason why is because I'm trying to build that rapport with the people in the audience. I'm, I'm trying to create some communication between them and myself. And so I don't use a, a ton of visual aids. I, I want to be the, the center of attention. I want to be the, the person who they're, who, who, um, who they're building trust with, building rapport with. On a webinar, it's totally different. When I do a webinar, it's almost all visual aids. I'm, I'm using, I'm still using my stories and examples and stuff like that, that we do. So the technique, as far as the speaking anyway, is very similar, whether you're doing it in person or on a webinar, but the visual aids and how we conduct the, 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 the seminar or webinar are, are quite a bit different. So, so just keep that in mind. But if, if, if earlier when I was talking about how the role of the salesperson has kind of been greatly diminished in in the world that we live in today if you if you were at that point, if you were asking how in the world can so many companies just eliminate their entire sales force in such a short period of time, well, the answer to that is webinars, you know especially in, in the business to business marketing world. So if you, if you are a business that markets to other business businesses, there's a good chance that, um, that webinars have, have kind of come into your, your industry pretty significantly anyway. Uh, and, and in fact, it's funny because I was, uh, when I was doing some research on this, I found a, an article by go to meeting, uh, and basically what, what, what I kind of, came up with was that the the according to go to meeting webinars are kind of the go to way to to market nowadays and it's, there's really no pun intended i know it's stupid but anyway uh, but that's that's the that's kind of what I came up with anyway so but but according to GoToMeeting, meeting they claim that 73% of the top marketers in the world believe that webinars are the absolute best way to market today and if you recall, since the education function of the sales process has just been practically eliminated in in most industries, webinars are a great way to both educate your potential customer and move them through a selling process pretty quickly or, or much quicker anyway than, than maybe what we could do through multiple phone calls or even an in-person visit. So webinars are, are becoming a good way to kind of do that. So, if uh, if if that's something that you haven't yet experimented with and you want to get better at, at speaking in front of a group or you want to use your speaking as a way to to market your your product or service better, then you might want to look into webinars. And again, we'll do quite a bit more on this in in the future. So just kind of stay tuned. You want to subscribe to the podcast and we'll be doing tons of of, of new sessions or new episodes on how to do webinars. Um the, the, one of the other ways that you can you can promote yourself using public speaking is either as a guest on a podcast or webinar, or or maybe even pay someone to be on their webinar or or podcast. So, if you want to get really really good at speaking, by the way, start a podcast. <laughs> it's one of the things. Is I I was I was a professional speaker for twenty plus years before I actually started this podcast, and I have learned more about speaking since I started the podcast and what I did in the previous 20 years it, it's amazing how much I've learned about the industry and about new things that are going on it's really easy when you've been doing something the same way for for a number of years to kind of get laxadaisical about it and just say yeah I already know everything right but uh, but the podcast has really helped me kind of keep on my toes and really keep learning about new things that are that are out in the in the industry and about out in the world so so if you really want to get good at public speaking, I would really encourage you to to start your own podcast however, it's a real time commitment so if you want to to test the waters though you can promote yourself as a as a guest on someone else's podcast or webinar It does take a little bit of homework to to get some of these guest spots but but there's a tremendous opportunity there if you'll if you'll be willing to do the work or the the homework anyway An easy way to start your search by the way is just to if you you know you're looking for that perfect podcast that I that will take me as a as a guest, an easy way to do that is just to to Google your industry, whatever industry you're in, with the word podcast after it and just kind of see what comes up. That's a good place to start. Most likely, you're going to get probably four, five, six, ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty, a hundred, depending on the industry that you're in, different podcasts that are out there. Most podcast hosts are are constantly looking for for guests. Now, so, for instance. A lot of the 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 uh, podcasts that I'm doing here on Fearless Presentations are 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 me speaking, but I do do get I do have guests on occasion. I'll, I'll have guests, and and in fact, most of the guests that I've had in the past were people who. It's not that. I went out and did the research to find it, find someone who is really good at doing this. Most of the time, it's either folks that I knew in it already and I knew that they were an expert. And so they they were friends of mine. Or it's somebody that just kind of called me out of the blue and, and said, hey, I, you know, I, I'd kind of like to be on a guest on your on your podcast. And, you know, of course, I, we do have a crack research team that goes out and researches every single person that we have as a as a podcast guest. But it's really, really easy to do that in today's world. I mean, there's so much stuff out there that we can tell. Whether or not the person that is requesting to be a a um, a guest on the podcast is is for real or not is that, are they going to help our 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 podcast listeners get better at speaking or are they just going to try to sell something? And if they're just going to try to sell something, you know, I probably they probably won't get up make the cut but um after but, but, like i said though an easy way to kind of find one of these guest spots is just to type in your industry and then the word podcast afterwards um and so I, just for fun i i decided you know i'm going to try this i'm going to i'm going to pick some really obscure industry and then and and see if i can find a podcast that somebody in this weird obscure industry would be able to to be a guest guest host or a guest on anyway. So, um, it's funny when I did, I did a, a Google search just for weird obscure, um, industries. And I found an article called 12 weird jobs that you will be surprised to know exist. It was published by business insider. It's actually pretty funny, but it's, so if you, if you, I put a link on it to, in the podcast notes, by the way. So if you go to fearless com, if you're listening, um, Sometime in the in the recent past, it'll be, uh, be listed on the um, all of our podcasts are listed up on the the notes. Anyway, the show notes are listed on the um, the toolbar. So it's, it's really easy to find. Just kind of scroll down until you find the recent podcast. Um, if, you, if you're if it's a year from now and you're and you're doing the search, all you have to do is go type in the title of any of our podcasts into the search bar on on our website and it'll show up. Typically, number one or number two is fairly quickly. So, anyway, so but this is but this is Business Insider. Twelve weird jobs you'll be surprised to know exist, and one of the weird jobs is a professional bridesmaid. If you're looking for a new career. Not a bad one to be in, I'm guessing. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's very little comp- competition out there, but this is a professional bridesmaid. So this is someone who you, who a bride would hire to do a lot of the wedding organizing and stuff like that that a bridesmaid bridesmaid would do, but a professional, so nothing gets you know nothing drops through the cracks that kind of thing. So um, so I, all I did was just instead of typing bridesmaid in. Uh, in and podcasts, I just typed wedding because wedding, wedding is the industry that a brides a professional bridesmaid might be in bride bride. bride bridesmaid bridesmaid a bridesmaid might be in um so if your career <laughs> was you know if so if you type that into to you know wedding podcast i, I the very top listing came that the uh the top 10 wedding podcast top, top 10 wedding podcast which means that there's probably way more than that there's probably way more than 10 and so you can drop down to like the 10th one and kind of work your way up that way if you're contacting these these podcasts, um, you know, the 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 ones that are lowest down on the list are the ones that probably get called the least. So that might be a, a an easy a, a good way to kind of do it. So I know what a lot of you're thinking though. Well, yeah, I mean, weddings, of course, there's going to be a ton of podcasts. So I picked the another odd um, industry that was or a weird job that was on the list was uh, snake milking snake milking. So there are people out there, their their only job is to go out and milk venom from snakes. Uh, so I just Googled the word snake podcast, and it was a little bit tougher, but I did find, and I think it was number two on the list, I found best reptile podcast, <laughs> best reptile podcast. And um, and if you happen to be a snake milker, uh, I suspect that the the six or seven reptile podcasts that popped up, there really are six or seven podcasts that are about how about reptiles. There's a good chance that you, it'll be fairly easy for you to get a spot on as a guest on one of those anyway. So, so I, sorry, I'm not making fun of the, yes, I am a little bit. I'm, I'm making fun of a little bit of the, of the, both the people who milk snakes for a living and who think reptiles are a good thing to do a podcast about, but you know, to each his own anyway. So um, I'm getting a ton of, mean emails you know uh, now i like my reptiles so all right um anyway so once you know who the host is basically all you all you really it's it's fairly easy to find that person's website most of the time the the website is going to be very similar to the the podcast name so for instance we have the fearless presentations podcast our our url is fearlesspresentations.com so usually those are fairly easy to find and then once you go on to the the podcast website or the company website. Anyway, you just kind of fill out an about us. You go to the you go to the contact us or fill out an about us form on the on the website, and most of the time you'll you'll be able to, to find the person that you that uh, hires or brings on guest speakers fairly easily. Um. So, um, it, by the way, if you want to to kind of take a little bit of the legwork out of this, you know, because you might have to contact fifteen twenty. Of these podcast hosts, before one of them replies back, or it might take them weeks or months to to reply back to you. If if they do have a spot for you, if you want a f- to move faster uh, up the the guest list spot, uh, many companies have lists that will market to their their this list. The, the companies have a list that they'll market to, and uh, and or and they'll kind of host an impromptu podcast for you. If you pay them. So if you pay a fee, so if there's somebody who's an expert in a specific industry, that person already has a huge list. A lot of times, though, they will um, if, you, if you pay them a small fee, they'll they'll do a podcast for you and then you can use that as a promotional tool. And in fact, if if you're when you're contacting the 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 podcast host that you were talking about before, if you offer a small fee, there's a good chance you'll move high up, you know, pretty quickly to the top of that list without a whole lot of effort. So, so keep that in mind as well. All right. So the last thing that we're going to talk about, and I I can only, just because this is such a huge topic, I'm only going to spend just a little bit of time on it. It's videos. Videos is it's one of those things that that's really huge. The, you know, one of the things that that I've kind of figured out, especially in the last couple of years, is that if there's not a video on your website about whatever it is that you're talking about, most people will not even see it. You know, they don't they won't even know it exists. If it's not a video about it, it it doesn't exist to most people in today's world. So we're we're gonna talk about this one a little bit. Um and and keep in mind, I'm not gonna be able to cover every single thing that you're gonna need to know about videos, but I'll give you just a, a, a few quick how-tos on how to use videos to to uh, promote your your product or service. Um, the first tip that I can offer is you probably want to practice with like Instagram stories or Facebook stories or whatever, whatever are out there now like the the these story type things are similar to the old um, um, Snapchat that my kids were really into Snapchat for a while and And one of the neat things about Snapchat was that it only lasted like a day. So you would record yourself doing something and send it to your friends. And then 24 hours, they couldn't access it anymore. And that's one of the neat things about the Instagram stories is that it's a good place to practice your video skills because it's temporary it's something it's some place where you can practice you can you can start to get really good and develop that skill but you're not going you know 10 years from now somebody's not going to come up with oh this was doug Stannard when he was just trying to do public speaking when or just starting out and boy is it this is he's telling us how good this is and and or how good he is at this and anyway so the thing is is that you're not going to leave a behind a bunch of embarrassing evidence. By the way, if you're looking for the embarrassing evidence I'm talking about, if you go to the podcast notes, I put a link to one of my early videos. It was the, the video when I was, I don't know, I, I would probably have been in business for about three or four years at that point. And I had the uh, Instacam video, might've even been a flip phone, I don't know, or, not, or a flip cam or something like that. And uh, the sound is atrocious and I don't look fantastic and i think i did it in a library <laughs> so i mean i did everything wrong but it got me business at the time you know at the, at the time it was it was kind of new and trendy and because i was doing video nobody else was at the time it was a a good way to kind of promote myself but it's still there it's still out on youtube so it's and youtube is kind of permanent so we'd have to delete that and don't want to because it still gets for some reason even though it's old and doesn't look fantastic still gets a ton of people kind of watching it every every year so Um, So but anyway, so before you start putting anything permanent out there, you might practice your skill with with like an Instagram story or something like that. Um, The second thing that you can do is get some help. And this was the thing. This was the best investment that I've made in probably the last decade for the Leaders Institute as I hired a full time video guy, (laughs) a full time video expert. Um, You don't have to do that, by the way. You don't have to invest in a full time video guy because you can you can hire people on an as needed basis on, on a contract basis and have them help you with video and just that that professional help can be really um, it can it can just save you a lot of of challenges because you don't have to learn how to do everything yourself they can they make you look good they make you sound good all that kind of stuff so so keep that in mind so so get some help the third a third good tip on on video is that don't post to youtube until it's perfect right don't don't post it till it's perfect the YouTube is—it's just so hard to break into that you don't want. You only want to put your absolute best stuff on that platform. So you can use Vimeo or Facebook or Instagram or someplace like that to put your less professional stuff, and then only put the the the, the best stuff on on YouTube. And I've, I've learned this myself because you know when since since I started using YouTube early on. You know, I've got years of of videos that are on there that, and, and I guess it's it's kind of heartening, I guess, for for folks to kind of go back and look at, uh, you know, how how we've kind of progressed over the years and how the company has grown and that kind of thing. But it's it's really hard to gain a following that way. So it's it's so what we did, for instance, is in the last year we created the new Fearless Presentations channel, and. We're only putting our best stuff on that, and we're getting tons of people that are that are now looking at it and and watching our videos and liking it and subscribing and stuff like that. So much faster than what we were able what we were able to do with um, by putting you know but everything in anything on on YouTube on our on our other channel. So so keep that in mind. So also keep in mind that in today's world, there's a, just a tremendous number of ways to share your expertise. And, and and you when you share that expertise, you're really able to market your product and service in, in a really effective way. So these are just a few, but always realize that you are your best marketing. So a fancy proposal, a flash add an expensive business card. They're not going to do nearly as much to promote your product or service as you are when you share your experience with that potential customer. So, so take these ideas, run with them, put these into practice. And if you haven't already done so, make sure and subscribe to our, to the, the fearless presentations podcast. We've still got a tremendous amount of content to cover on the, how to get started, how to start your public speaking career. Um, When we come back, when we come back next week, we're going to focus a lot on how to start with another organization. So so basically you you really want to be a professional speaker, you've you've had some success in your career, but you don't want to stay in your career, you want to get into the professional speaking industry. Well, there's a couple of shortcuts that you can take by going and working with organizations that already have a name have already taken the time to build a name and a brand so if you become a certified instructor for some of these other companies it can it can cut your learning curve pretty dramatically and help you get get off to to the right start get off on on the right foot anyway so we're going to talk about that next week so we'll see you next week on the fearless presentations podcast subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week